Welcome, Mama. You've got your hands full, I know. As a mama for myself, I can relate to the exhausting days of motherhood with wiping messy faces, correcting attitudes, and picking up those countless piles of laundry. But I have found that if we search deeply and open our hearts, we can experience motherhood in a whole new light. By applying biblical principles, we can have joy, we can have peace, and we can have purpose in motherhood. Join me weekly for a little spiritual water for your weary soul. Hi friends, welcome to the Purpose of Motherhood podcast. I am Ashley Caston, and it's so great to have you here with me. Um, just a heads up, we are going to be, um, or I'm going to be taking a couple weeks off in December for the week of Christmas and then the week after um, just to spend time with family, but then we will be back in January together, and I'll be doing a series on a, um, a heart friend, what it means to be a heart friend, what it means to, um, or what to look like, what to look for in heart friends, and how to kind of pass that on to your children, um, teaching them how to be good friends, and um, how to navigate that. I feel like as women, we connect so uh, deeply and richly to relationships and friendships uh, because we were created that way. If you think about it, we were created as a helpmate, right? So we weren't created to be alone. We were created um, to be a part of that pair with, you know, Adam and Eve. And so um, we just have this very deep need for connection and relationships. And so um, I just thought this would be really fun to kind of navigate together talking about kind of some of the hardships that we go through in friendships, uh, how to get over um, kind of the heartache of losing some close friends, you know, when things uh, maybe fall apart or there's disagreements or separation, um, and also how to be uh, a friend that breathes life into the relationship and how to find that when you are feeling kind of lonely and looking for those relationships, how to identify those people that um, will become those uh, friends near and dear to your heart. So I'm excited about that and hope you will join me for that. And, um, also I would love to hear, this is something kind of silly and fun, but I would love to hear where it is that you find the time in the day to listen to the podcast, this podcast. I had a couple of people message me this week saying that it was just funny. They both said, Oh, I listened to your podcast when I'm in the car line. And I just thought that was so brilliant to find that little space, that pocket of time, you know, when you, you know, are just sitting there waiting for your kids to listen to the podcast. And then it made me wonder where everyone else listens. Are you doing laundry while you're listening? Are you, um, maybe it's when the kids are in bed at night or um, when you're doing dishes. It, that's kind of what connects us is those real motherhood moments of, you know, I, I don't have a lot of downtime, but... I have this short amount of time where I can, you know, listen to a podcast or read a book. Or I know for me, it's when my kids are in bed at night. That's when I catch up on podcasts or when I read books. Um, when I'm nursing the baby to sleep, that's kind of when I fit stuff in. So speaking of the baby, I have now started this podcast recording it. This will be the third time <laughs> because she has woken up um, twice now. So hopefully she sleeps through this and I can just breeze through it. Um but that is just real life right there. So, okay. So today we are going to talk about raising generous hearts, kids that love, um, or that think of other people and that 
our focus on outward needs and not inward needs. I want to start us off with some verses in 1 Timothy. This is 1 Timothy 6, uh, 17 through 19. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to be set nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of what, which is truly life. I love that ending right there where it says that so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. If we um, live in God's design for us as generous givers, that's when we will experience this um, fulfillment like never before. When we set our eyes to see the needs of others and to be an extension of his hands and to bless and to give and to offer up what we have. Then we um, truly experience all that he has for us. We experience the joy from that and we experience um, that sense of fulfillment in finding your purpose in life. And when we teach our kids to do the same thing, that's what we're setting them up for. We're setting, setting them up to live a life um, that's fulfilling and that really grasps the true meaning of life, which is not about serving ourselves and about um, what we can attain and what um, we can accomplish for ourselves, but really how we can be a part of God's kingdom and how we can sow into the lives of others and how we can tangibly be an expression of God's love in the world around us. And a huge way that we do this is through generosity. So as we teach our kids this, we really are setting them up for future joy and fulfillment in their lives. So recently, you might have seen on social media, the girls and I did a little project where we painted peg dolls and we sold them um, for money to raise uh, or to raise money for two different organizations that we hold dear to our hearts, and they're both orphanages. Um, there's one in Haiti and one in the Philippines, and so we had posted this about or I had posted this on social media about what we were doing and um, we were selling these little ornaments and the money would go to these uh, orphanages. So um, I wanted to give the backstory to this post because you don't see this when you look at, you know, I mean, anybody's Instagram or anybody's Facebook post or whatever, you don't see the backstory to it oftentimes. And so what we tend to do, at least me, I know, and I'm probably not alone in this, I tend to kind of create the backstory in my head when I look at a picture and it's, um, you know, little kids sitting there all in a row, you know, eating ice cream, smiling at each other and laughing out on the sidewalk on a bright sunny day in my head, you know, I'm like, oh, this is just this perfect you know, set of kids that look, their clothes aren't stained from the ice cream and they're all happy and smiling and they just get along so well. You know, we kind of create this story and, oh, the mom was probably, um, you know, probably created this fun outdoor day for them. And, uh, this is probably totally normal for them. And it's just funny how we do that, right? Like we fill in the gaps with what we think is really going on behind the, the behind scenes. And so, I wanted to take you behind the scenes of that post just so that I could break down any type of um, 
you know, stereotypical thinking that we tend to do with that, like, oh, the, you know, these kids are just generous kids that just come up with these great, this is how they live. They're just always thinking of other people and they're always sharing and always giving. Um, because all of that kind of thinking really just ends up being kind of degrading and we start to compare ourselves to other people and think, well, my kids aren't like that. So I actually was the one that started this whole thing project really it came from me wanting to teach my kids how to be generous in a season where it's you know we make Christmas lists and everything is about ourselves and what we want I wanted to open up the doors for them to have an opportunity to think outward and to to pour out rather than just to receive and so um I did that wasn't them they didn't come to me and say hey we want to raise money for the orphans we're going to paint peg dolls it actually came from my daughter my oldest one loving um, to paint peg dolls. We had started this like um, maybe a month ago or so. She had started painting peg dolls just for fun for herself. And I said, hey, you're really good at this and you're really liking it. And um, my second child too was doing it as well. And I said, why don't we do something fun with this? Maybe we can raise money for you know an organization. And we, so we started brainstorming and then it snowballed from there, but it really was me leading the way. Um, it was not you know them totally on their own. It was me opening up the door for it, kind of leading the conversations and getting them thinking and then letting them take ownership of it. So I say all of that to say, just, I guess really just to encourage you in that um, we can't really expect our kids to be naturally generous, but what we can expect is that a generous heart will grow by default when we start to practice the art of generosity. So kids don't just wake up one day and you know, start thinking about world problems and how they can solve them and think, start thinking about other people's needs. In fact, it's the exact opposite. When a baby is born, they're very needy and everything is about them and their needs. And that's how it was designed to be, right? But as they get older, that's when we need to start teaching them to, um, you know, to think outside of themselves and to look at other people around them and situations around them and to um, not just be focused on their little circle, you know, around them, their little selves. So don't be discouraged. Just know that um, it's those little practices that you start in your home that are going to breed generosity. And there's some really tangible, practical ways that, I, yeah, more practical ways that you can do this around the house. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And the first thing is to teach your kids to see needs in the world around them. Are your kids aware of the world outside their bedroom window? As Christians, we can become, if we're not careful, we can become professional Christian bubble makers is how I like to think of it. We kind of put ourselves in these bubbles, um, these little communities of all Christian families and and um, we have our perfect little worlds and the families we get along with and the kids, you know, of the same ages. And, um, you know, we say, oh, we do life together and all that's great. I'm not, um, you know, bashing that at all because I mean, we have that as a family. We have a lot of other Christian families that we get together with, um, you know, pretty often. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's great for all of us because we get fed in those circles. You know, being around other believers builds up your faith at um, gives great examples of um, just what it looks like to be a, a Christian family. Your kids get to be around those other kids and they get to, to walk in that together. And so it really is, it's so nourishing to live that way. But if we're not careful, 
we can kind of create it as this little um, society with walls around it where we don't ever see what's on the other side. You know, do your kids ever see the needs in the area around them? Do they know about um, maybe the the uh, lower income area that's right down the road from you? Have they ever, uh, you know, run into any of the families from there and maybe seen some of the real tangible needs that they have? Are you ever around non-Christian families who um, maybe talk about things that make you a little uncomfortable, you know, but then it actually ends up being a good thing because then you can have these great conversations. Now, I'm not saying you go throw your kids into like, you know, these terrible situations where they're seen, they see too much um, that's scarring to them. Not at all. We need to use wisdom with that. But we can't be so protective of our kids that they go out into the world one day and they are so um, inwardly focused and they've never been exposed to the life that exists, that Jesus came for, right? He didn't come for the um, healthy, but he came for the sick. And if they've never been exposed to that, then how do we, we expect them then to be generous people that are willing to give of their time and their resources? So really it's our responsibility as their parents to start exposing to them to that at a young age in an appropriate way. Use wisdom again. But I think sometimes that reaching out to the darkness can make us uncomfortable. And when we really think about it, like why does it make us so uncomfortable sometimes to get outside of our Christian bubble? And I really think it comes down to the fact that we forget that we are the light, that that is our purpose, that we're not here for ourselves. We are here to, um, to, to be a light to those around us and to be an extension of Christ's love. And so if we kind of go back to that, um, purpose, like why we're here on earth and redefined our view of the world, then it helps us to walk into those situations with a different perspective, knowing that this is our purpose rather than, um, you know, this is just this uncomfortable experience that I, you know, I don't really want to have, but I feel like I should just out of obligation. No, this is our purpose. Like we are training up our kids in our home to be warriors, to go out and carry the gospel um, to the ends of the world. That's what we're all called to do. And so um, think of it as like little miniature training, or it's like training ground, right? Like you're taking your kids out and um, you're able to kind of help them navigate that and help them experience that world that exists outside of that little church bubble. So talk to your kids about world issues, like a lack of clean water and um you know, or a warm bed to sleep in, or talk to them about orphan children or homeless. And I know some would say like, well, I don't want to expose them to too much, but you're actually opening up their heart to the gift of empathy when you do, which really is a gift because empathy is the ability to understand and share the feelings of another. So it's, it's really being able to think about what it is to walk a day in their shoes And that is a huge gift to have, to be able to look at someone and say, you know what? Yeah, they're acting this way, but what is it that they've been through? What are they, you know, where are these emotions coming from? What is it? What What hurts do they have? What what do they carry? Um, Or what would it be like to have, to never be able to have a hot bath, you know, to to, uh, never sleep on a warm bed at night? Like, what can I do to help? Because I can't imagine if I was in that situation. So, 
as we talk about these issues with them and as we expose them to areas of the world that are um, you know, poverty-stricken or unfair circumstances, really what we're doing is we're opening that area of their heart that God designed for empathy, you know, and for some it's automatic, it's easy. You might have really empathetic kids that, you know, see a homeless man on the side of the, the road and automatically, you know, just burst into tears and we need to give them money or, and then you've got other ones who are kind of like, you know, oh, well, why is he out there begging? You know, I mean, that's just the reality of it. Some of us are born strong in empathy and some of us are not, but um, we're all called to that. And so, for some of your children, it just might take more working and, and allowing them to um, have opportunities to grow in empathy. Um, there's also a great book called, um, this is the, Give Your Child the World is what it's called. Give Your Child the World, Raising, Gen, um, sorry, Raising Globally Minded Kids One Book at a Time. And that's by Jamie Martin. Um, I have the Kindle version of that book and um, it's basically, I mean, she talks a lot about why it's important to use books to give your kids kind of a global mindset, but she also has a lot of book lists within that book. So reading recommendations, and that's a great way to start talking to your kids about world issues too, is through books. Okay. The second thing I want to talk about is giving your children opportunities to serve. So opening up the door for them. Really our job is to lead and then give opportunities for growth. So we're teaching, we're leading, and then we're opening up the door. And I feel like we're doing that over and over again. We're saying this is the way we should go. This is who we are as a family. This is why we um, want to be generous. And then we're opening up the door. Now go do it. Here you go. So we've talked a lot about generosity in our home and we've talked a lot about orphans in our home. And when I opened that door to the peg dolls, the leading preceded that. So I had been already leading them and talking about um, generosity, showing them how Lee and I, my husband and I give, you know, talking to them about that anytime we did give, anytime we donated or anytime we helped someone in need, I would talk to them about it. So they had seen me walk in that and it had been a conversation in our home. And then when I opened the door to that, they were ready because I had been leading. And we'll do that over and over and over again. We'll continue to do that because the more that we practice this art of generosity, the more it will take, really take root in their heart. Um, you have to provide those opportunities because if you think about it, if you don't, you're kind of expecting generous hearts to grow in dry soil. If you, they don't have the, um, the uh, moments or the opportunities to go out there and practice what you've been talking about, that soil is kind of dry and everything that you're sowing in there um, isn't really going to take root if they're not seeing it, if they're not seeing you give, if they're not seeing, um, you know, their, their family members give, if they're not actually walking it out, it's not really taking root. So allow them those opportunities and lead them in it. You can do this by maybe doing a family serve day. We've done this before. It was really fun. There's a place here in Raleigh called with love from Jesus and it's a great organization that is all run based off their volunteers. Um, they don't open if they don't have enough volunteers so they really rely on um, people coming and showing up and they just believe God for it which is incredible. They just pray every morning, you know, God bring the volunteers that we need for this day 
And if they don't get the volunteers for that day, then they don't open. But if they do, then they're able to open and serve the community around them. And because they have that kind of um, attitude or that model for their organization, they're very, very open to like letting families come and serve together. And so our whole family served together, which was amazing. And so my kids were stocking bread on the shelves and, um, I was with the youngest one at the time and I was, you know, hanging up clothes and she was helping me and it was just such a cool thing to all do together. And so if there's any place around you like that where you can all serve together, jump on that opportunity because you'll have such cool memories from it. My kids had such a blast that day. Um, also, you can come up with ideas on where they can take part and um, kind of, you know, maybe raise money for like we did with the peg dolls where they can um, pick an organization or something near and dear to their heart and they can um, you know play some kind of role in raising money for that um, really just find out what their hearts are already passionate for too which is often going to be what your heart is passionate for if you've been talking about it so my kids are really passionate about orphans right now because I talk so much about orphans that'll change as they get older but right now it's kind of the thing that we talk about a lot as a family. And so um, I kind of try to let them take ownership. Once I get the, get the ball rolling, I try to then turn it over to them and let them take ownership over it. Um, over it. So then it's really their thing and, me, and not me completely doing all of it, if that makes sense. Okay, and then the third thing is this. As you lead them and as you open up the door for them to serve and to be generous, continually bring them back to the heart of Jesus and what he says about generosity. So you're bringing it full circle. You're leading them and you're showing them what it looks like. Um, you're opening up the door and you are um, allowing them to experience it. And then you're bringing them back to the word and you're saying, and this is what Jesus says about it. You have to have all that. It's so, so important because... Um, really the way all that works together, it creates these deep, deep roots in them to where generosity isn't just about doing the right thing um, because it feels good for you. It's not about, um, you know, just, um, I don't know, it's just not surface level, right? Like they're, they're realizing that this is what I was created to be this way. It really comes back to like who I was created to be and my purpose here on earth. And I've seen it done and I've walked it out and I've experienced the blessing from it. Um, and so then it'll stick with them for life. So some things that you can do is you can memorize verses together or get into some of the stories in the Bible with um, that really explain generosity in a great way. One of my favorites that we talk about a lot is Matthew um, it's Matthew six twenty one. It says, "For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." We talk about this every single time we clean out the playroom. I'm like, guys, we have too much stuff in this playroom, and we talk about what it feels like when you have too much, when your house is cluttered, and um, how you just kind of feel weighted down. And so, you know, my kids know that's because we weren't created to live that way. God wants our treasure to be in heaven, and so when we have too many things. It then opens up the door for our treasure to be here on earth. We kind of get obsessed with the things around us and having nicer and better and newer and we keep adding and that'll never make us feel satisfied. In fact, we'll just feel weighed down by our stuff. But then, you know, when we purge, when we get rid of things, when we declutter and we become a minimalist for like, you know, two months until things <laughs> come back in our house, um, 
we feel so free. And that's because we were designed to live that way. Our heart needs to be free of that so that we really can have our treasure in heaven. And here's another one that we like. It's 1 John 3.17. And it says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet he closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? So teach your kids that really the whole reason that we give to others and we um, cultivate these generous hearts is because we want people to see God's love in us. And if God's love is in us, then we shouldn't be able to not do these things. You know, it says, if he closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? So if his love is in us, we can't help but do this because we see our part in that and we see what what God's desire is for us and we do it out of a um, an awe and a reverence for him not of, out of just legalism or an obligation and so that's what we really want for our kids we want that um, generous heart that's cultivated from a deep relationship with a God and an understanding of their purpose in him let's pray now as we close God, I pray that you would give us wisdom, Lord, that you would help us as we lead our families to be generous givers, to be givers that look to the world around us and see the needs and see what you see. I pray that you would help our hearts not to be uh, self-focused and uh, maybe selfish at times. God, I pray that you would disclose to us any area that we need to work on. Maybe, God, if we have fear anywhere or um, just a anything that's holding us back from going into the places that are dark and that are needy. I pray that you would give us courage and that you would give us strength and wisdom in that as we lead our families into those places in the world and show our kids what it means to serve like you serve and to love like you love. I pray that you would just bless every mom listening to this podcast right now. Give her strength for the week ahead and give her just wisdom and new ideas in teaching those little hearts and raising them up to be uh, strong warriors that just love you. We love you, Lord, and we praise you. In your name we